0: I know what
1: you are. Say it. A podcast! Hi, and welcome to Breaking Twilight. This week, we'll be talking about Twilight's impact on the movies we've gotten since 2008. I'm Steve, your ensemble heist host. And I'm Gwen, your cult classics host. So, Breaking Twilight news. So a couple weeks ago, on April 7th, we got some new Twilight content sort of national best-selling author tracy wolf with two F's, who i've never heard about until earlier this week uh released a a vampire love story novel super similar to twilight so people claim um the big city girl goes off to live in a super tiny town that nobody wants to live in and meets some vampires goes on vampire adventures etc etc i think the vampire boy is a prince in this one i guess Although uh, this one is supposed to be feminist Twilight, so I've read. Um, so we'll see, I, I mean, guess.
0: <laughs> it's all marketing, right? Like they give it the cover as similar to Twilight as they can. and they put out all these articles. It's like, this is the new Twilight, just like every fucking book with a fantasy boarding school in like from like 2002 to 2015 was marketed as this is the new Harry Potter.
1: That being said, she does go to a boarding school in a castle, and it is fucking exactly like Hogwarts, and it's a little bit funny to me, so that's cool. Um, we did um, already buy the book. I'm reading it. Not right this second, but I have been reading it, so we will let you know.
0: Yeah, we're going to do, like, I think we should do a whole episode about this book, though, because it is buck wild. This person does not have the same Christian beliefs as Stephanie Mayer, and I am. He- Stephanie Meyer. Meyer. anyway yeah this person does not have the same christian beliefs as stephanie meyer and i am here for it
1: it is so fun okay i just i just started this book and i'm like i'm like a couple of chapters in but the the main character in this one already has more personality than bella like she's funny she's sassy she got quip for everything like it's like it's like spicy bella you know bella that's allowed I to like say it. fuck bella that's allowed to say fuck and she does and let bella say fuck she yeah she she can it's just her name is grace now (laughs) (laughs) and um and and like i will say that grace um has hobbies and friends like in chapter one we find out that she has hobbies and friends so that's a hot take
0: what are her hobbies uh
1: she's a drummer and an artist
0: fuck that's dope
1: Right? How bad that? A
0: ju- I wish I was a drummer and an artist.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, you're an artist and I'm kind of a uh, wannabe drummer. So like, that's almost, Together we make there.
0: one... Ro- <laughs> Together we are one well-rounded character. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so in the last episode, we talked about like Twilight in the publishing industry and like how it kind of impacted how we chose what authors got published and what kind of books got published and a lot of authors who maybe wouldn't have had a chance otherwise got a chance because of Twilight. Um, This week, we kind of want to talk about something similar. Uh, We want to talk about Twilight in the movie industry and like what movies came out because of Twilight? What did we, what kind of changes were there? And like, I have to be honest, like there was a huge cultural impact, but in terms of like tangible like, women getting jobs? Not as much as you would think. So, let me backtrack a bit. The thing I think really allowed Twilight to have such a huge impact is, like, it wasn't expected to have a huge impact. It was made by this little studio, Summit. They're still not a huge studio. It had a teeny tiny fucking budget, Uh. And I think, like a lot in a lot of ways, it was expected to flop. Like they had a thirty-seven million dollar budget, and they had to shoot it in just forty-four days. With many of the leads in the film, including Kristen Stewart and Taylor Lautner, being underage, so there was limits on how and when they could even be available for shoots. Yikes! Yeah, like with that in mind, like I I know we already did our recap episode on the movie, but given those circumstances i think it's still surprising that the movie was as tolerable as it was
1: yeah it's kind of like a rush job but it was it was okay
0: so i want to talk about the director for a little bit Catherine hardwick this was only her fourth film directing credit and her choices in casting were far from the household names they are now when the movie began production um and i think there's a lot to be said about movies with low budgets and low expectations because it allows there to be a lot more experimentation and it kind of gives the directors a lot more leeway to kind of do unexpected things. Um, I'm not really sure what those were in this movie, <laughs> but whatever it was, it it worked.
1: Um, oh, you know what it was? It was uh, when Bella. Are walks you about in to say blue Edwards filter? Room. No, I was going to say Bella walks in at Edward's room and she's like, Oh, I had one of these rain sticks when I was a kid. No! I used to make mad." A- <laughs>
0: I swear to God,
1: someone sends me that
0: clip like once a week. <laughs> and every time I got to be like, look, I know you don't listen to our podcast because we talk about that scene all
1: the time. <laughs> <sighs> the most iconic scene that wasn't in the movie. God tragic that that wasn't in the movie. Is it?
0: I don't know. I, think about it. It would have been a very much... Uh, it would have been a much more interesting movie if they'd kept that in. I'm just saying.
1: Man, I think yeah. I would black out for the rest of the movie because I'd be still like trying to figure out what the hell that was supposed to mean.
0: <laughs> it's not supposed to mean anything. It's supposed to
1: mean vampire love. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing says vampire love like a chinchilla shit rain stick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's, I mean, it would get people talking. Anyways, low expectations, fucking high as shit payout. People, yeah, hated this movie, but it made so much money. And I mean, it's kind of like what we were talking about in episode one when we talk about Twilight's popularity, like. Whether you love it or hate it, you're still talking about it. I think I saw it
1: two or three times in the theater. Did you fucking actually? I might have. I don't remember, but that sounds right. And if Mm -hmm. I did that, there are plenty of other people that also did that.
0: People hated it, but it made so much fucking money. So this movie has a 49% freshness rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a Metacritic score of 5.4 out of 10. However, with its $37 million budget, it has earned to date just shy of $400 million.
1: God, I want $400 million for a mediocre Twilight-related thing. And in the year of 2009 of
0: our Lord Jesus... <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't. It's 2009 Common Era. We're not... Yeah, anyways it was the most purchased DVD in North America and sold over in 2009 it was the most purchased DVD in North America and sold over 3 million copies on its first day of release yo and like I know you had a copy
1: I did not have a copy I had a copy for sure
0: oh yeah like I, I feel like I definitely watched this movie at your house at some point
1: God, I am like a Twilight Force, huh? You did this. Like, I don't know how that happened, but like this just keeps going, doesn't it? What? Every time we're just like, yeah, I was involved in Twilight, it was your fault. I'm like, God, what?
0: It <laughs> just You were like, I the wouldn't even market t- on like
1: my top ten fandoms ever. Like, how did this happen? I mean Don't don't be
0: like that. You recommend stuff to me. I mean I never shut up about anything, so I could think of a lot of people who's, like, pop culture I have influenced. Like, you got me into Twilight, but let's be real, I got you into Supernatural, and both mm. are regrettable actions.
1: <laughs> Fair. All right. <laughs>
0: um. Anyways, Twilight was the highest grossing opening weekend ever for a female director when it came out in 2008 to this day uh in terms of like movies with female directors it ranks number seven for highest grossing opening weekend uh number one is
1: frozen two i haven't seen frozen two but i want to why haven't
0: you seen frozen two yet
1: because i'm gonna go to the movies by myself waiting for it to come out on disney plus
0: it's been out on disney plus
1: what yeah okay i'm gonna watch that as soon as i hang up with you
0: okay anyways so frozen two yep is number one Mm -hmm. then captain marvel wonder woman frozen one shrek alvin and the chipmunks twilight pitch perfect Two, what women want and 50 shades of gray
1: cool i like that 50 shades of gray also made that list
0: it's number 10 it's below twilight also, I'm sorry. I said Alvin and the Chipmunks. I meant Alvin and the Chipmunks, the squeakquel. Animated. Also, um, in terms of, like, uh, being directed by a woman. Um, one, two, three. Frozen 2, Captain Marvel, Frozen, and Shrek were only co-directed by women. They had uh, male co-directors as well. So if we're talking about movies that were just directed by a single woman. Um, it would rank... It would go Wonder Woman, Alvin and the Chipmunks, the Will, and then Twilight.
1: Hell yeah. Good job, Katherine Hardwick.
0: Yeah, so like... In terms of movies with female directors, it ranks very high. Mm-hmm. Because... And like also all of those movies came out after Twilight that are above it. Damn. However despite its unprecedented success and the boatloads of money it brought in, where was Catherine Hardwick when New Moon came
1: out? Sipping pina coladas on a beach in Mexico because she's freaking ballin' rich right now? I mean, who knows?
0: But she wasn't directing New Moon. Nor was she directing Eclipse.
1: What about Breaking Dawn? Part 1. No. No, not breaking dawn. What about breaking dawn part two? Not even breaking
0: dawn part two, the wall.
1: <laughs> and why was that? Uh, <laughs> that
0: was my Elven and the Chipmunks impression. Thank you very much. Anyways. Elvin <laughs> and the Chipmunks, the Squeakquel. Mm-hmm there are some conflicting reports about this, to be honest. Um, It wasn't Catherine Hardwick's contract that she couldn't be fired. She had the first right of refusal um, and she said she declined to direct future movies. But like, I I definitely think that's kind of suspicious that she would, um, you know, have all this success. And then when they're like, ah, do another one, just be like, "Mm, no, I'm good
1: maybe she just really hated twilight well maybe she was like robert pattinson's level of hated twilight and then but he was the lead so he couldn't leave and she was like man i am done with this peace out
0: actually i have some interesting information about that because i did do a lot of research about Catherine hardwick for this episode
1: okay
0: um she was given i think like three or four twilight scripts um with them asking her to direct the movie and she like threw them all in the trash without reading them okay she did not agree to make the movie until she read the book herself and decided it was something she wanted to direct
1: interesting okay so not my theory
0: no um and in in 2009 she told newsweek i do not regret it at all thank the lord the truth is i liked the first book the best Um, regarding her decision not to direct new moon however like before she came forward and said that you know it was her decision not to direct new moon there was a lot of speculation particularly it was noted that like a lot of people who had worked with hardwick said things like she was difficult to work with or um you know difficult to work with stubborn bossy um And I definitely think, like, these are really fun, kind of sexist ways we describe women that we don't describe men like as much. Like, when we say men are difficult to work with, usually that means they're ambitious, they're driven. Um, At the time, blogger Melissa Silverstein responded to these comments by saying, why don't you just call her a bitch?
1: Womp, there it is.
0: And yeah, I mean, I'm not saying no there's no shitty female bosses because I've definitely had a lot of shitty female bosses. However, there is a huge double standard in Hollywood in how we react to, like, women who know what they're doing versus men. And, like, this was 12 years ago, so I don't think it was any better then.
1: Yeah, probably not.
0: But don't take my word for it. Ten years after hardwick said that she had made the choice herself not to direct new moon she came forward in a thrilling vanity fair article that i thoroughly enjoyed reading to shine a light on some of the unknowns regarding her departure from summit media um and she it doesn't sound like she was pushed out per se like i well yes she was replaced with male directors for the following four movies a lot of this just sounds like the filming of Twilight was such a terrible experience for her that she didn't need to work with Summit Media anymore. For instance, like, I mentioned the budget for the movie. Um, and she says in this um, in this article, they came to me and said, you've got to find a way to cut four million out of the budget in the next four days or we're pu- pulling the plug.
1: Oh my God. So like, they- I, like I have no frame of reference for how much money that is. uh, Inside and outside of movie production But like
0: I mean If I have $40 and someone takes four of my dollars And like I only have $40 to my name I I feel like that $4 would feel like a lot Yeah that's fair Wait I want to google something real quick Yep I'm trying to find how much uh, Kristen Stewart would have been paid Just for the first movie Okay but this is surprisingly difficult information to find apparently she earned 12 million each for each of the last two installments of the twilight series including royalties but that's for the last two she would have been paid less for the first one so like 4 million dollars you, you could be talking about like losing an entire supporting character because you can't pay that actor
1: yeah yeah okay so but they
0: didn't cut any actors what they did instead was like remove entire set pieces um i don't have the direct quote here in my notes but yeah like i I, they said like they removed set pieces and they kind of took out props and stuff and they (laughs) remember how i was talking about how that baseball scene feels like they filmed it when they had a bigger budget and then they ran out of budget for the rest of the movie yeah yeah I mean, that might be what happened because they kept pushing her to cut down costs, cut down costs, cut down costs. Yeah. Yeah, alright.
1: That sucks, man.
0: At least we got a really good baseball scene out of it. But could you imagine if, like, (laughs) the rest of the movie had that production value? It still wouldn't necessarily be a good movie because it'd still be the same story and we could still, like, criticize it to hell and back, but, like,
1: the baseball scene was so good though. We'd
0: have so much more to talk about. Yeah.
1: Imagine if they kept in the chinchilla tart. <laughs> That's the real reason that it was cut. It didn't fit the budget anymore.
0: But they already filmed it. I feel like, I don't know. And I mean, in terms of like choices she made that she might not have been able to make if the movie had more pressure on it like had more riding on it basically casting robert pattinson probably one of those decisions because the uh (laughs) summit media did not like him tell me the story about
1: uh summit media meeting robert pattinson because oh my my god
0: okay so i'm just gonna read this directly from the vanity fair article which will be linked in the show notes along with all our other sources as always but this is just such a delightful story Hardwick and Stewart eventually settled on Pattinson, another rising star whose biggest credit thus far was doomed Cedric Diggory in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. But after he got the role, the young actor nearly ruined everything when it came time to win over the summit execs. He turned up to their initial meeting looking especially scruffy, wearing a dirty shirt and sporting bad hair dye from his last acting gig. (laughs) He was a bit disheveled, Hardwick admitted. The executives weren't impressed. Can this guy look good? She remembered them asking. Hardwick assured them that with a little cleanup, he would transform into a brooding, handsome, ethereal movie star. She got her way, and the adaptation clicked into gear. A sparkling vampire franchise was born. But let's move on and talk about, like, because we talk about the director a lot we talked about how this movie like was this unprecedented success. So how did that change things? Like what was the impact there?
1: Well, I don't know about you guys, but when I think about what movies I saw in the 2010s, I especially like book movies, the first things that I think of are like, well, the twilights, but then like the hunger games and divergent. And let's not forget that all of those were like, three four movie series so we got all kinds of like female lead book movies all throughout that decade
0: i i feel like we don't feel the impact of the hunger Games so much now as we did in the early 2010s like we we're not feeling it as much as we still feel the impact of like harry potter and twilight but like in the early 2010s that was like the big thing like that was like
1: the one
0: god it was such a mess though it was
1: kind of a mess it got like (laughs) it was like capitalism is bad now buy this car right and they're like don't you want to look like all the people in the capital buy our makeup i'm like that's
0: not god that part was oh
1: that was a lot That was a lot
0: (sighs) that was so much
1: i'm mad that the hunger games got like erased like that because it has such a good message it's such a good book
0: Like, I want to be happy that, like, because of Twilight, we got more books with female leads being made into movies. Um, But they
1: still got watered down, man.
0: But yeah, like, what I was about to say is, like, when I first read The Hunger Games, the first book, and, like, I think I read it not long after it was released. Like, I don't think the third book was even out yet. And I remember my first thought being, like, I really hope this doesn't become a movie. Oof. And then it fucking became a movie!
1: Yeah
0: like a movie would be in direct conflict with what the, the purpose of this book is and it was because like a female lead doesn't really make up for the fact that they completely erased all the disabilities that were in those books Hmm. they sure did water down the
1: racism man yeah it was not handled well
0: And then we got Divergent, which was just like a whole ass mess.
1: Man, Divergent to me felt like a knockoff Hunger Games.
0: Oh, it totally was a knockoff Hunger Games.
1: Yeah. And like, I still took the personality quizzes, you know, but...
0: We all took the personality quizzes. I don't think I read more than the second book. I don't think I saw the movie either.
1: I read all the books, and I watched the f- first movie. I don't know if I saw the second one.
0: Yeah. um, I definitely didn't read all the books, and I don't think I saw any of the movies. I-, I read some of them. Like, I remember really liking the first one.
1: Yeah. It was, you know, it was an okay concept. I think it kind of got blown up a little bit because of the success of Twilight and Hunger Games. But oh, it definitely totally. didn't ride that wave as hard as the other ones did
0: they were really trying to make it ride that wave though which is yeah. probably part of the problem
1: yeah does the host count as did the a host dystopian get a movie? yeah and I saw it it was okay
0: did it come out before Twilight
1: no the host was after Twilight
0: I super do not remember it having a movie was it like low budget indie kind of thing
1: sort of yeah, I'll find it Okay. You want to see a trailer?
0: No. Okay. Yeah. Okay, you can yeah. send me the trailer. Oh, a hospital for formaldehyde.
1: Wait. It's dirty
0: formaldehyde.
1: I don't know that this is the same movie. This, this
0: is, not- is not the same movie. This <laughs> says 2006 right in the fucking title. Gwen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh Hang on the host stephanie meyer because the host is not a very so creative title
0: clearly this movie was not that popular because no. <laughs> we can't even find the goddamn trailer.
1: i found it i got it we good here okay, okay.
0: oh it's an apple original this is nothing is it this really this is before like web originals oh no sorry this is the ad playing before the <laughs> movie the <video. laughs> my mistake that wasn't the trailer that was the ad i got before the youtube video my god we are (coughs) two two halves of a whole ass mess today (laughs) yeah oh this came out like after after twilight it was 2013 Yeah. yeah i super don't remember this happening at all but like 2013 was probably when i was like the least plugged into twilight news fair
1: this is the dumbest trailer I've ever seen. It's just like a bunch of face shots. It doesn't even explain what this movie is about. I am it upset. It just
0: looks like the cover Whatever. of the book.
1: Whatever. Anyway, speaking of uh, aliens, etc. With the host. Did uh, you, think, you think Twilight kind of ushered in a new era for monster fuckers? Oh boy.
0: I think it gave monster fuckers an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> i'll
1: give it that yeah
0: like uh i don't know like i really like just thought about that like a couple days ago but like did it
1: w- yeah because if you were like hey like did it I, bring I kind monster of feel... fuckers
0: into the mainstream because yeah, the i will
1: 100 percent say it will not just the werewolf thing like the, the werewolf and the vampire thing like if you if you said 20 years ago okay but we've like, always
0: wanted to fuck vampires because they just look like people
1: that's true and the you know werewolf what werewolf thing yeah
0: kind of like it, it bridged that gap i think
1: that's true vampires have always been like the thing you know
0: yeah like i think it, it bridged the gap between vanilla vampire fuckers and like people who want to fuck beasts from beauty and the beast
1: damn you're right huh <laughs> i hate that i just said that sentence <laughs> but you're right but anyway um moving on you know what happened a lot after after twilight came out you know what kind of movies we got do tell we got lots of vampire movies we got like abraham lincoln vampire hunter and what we do in the shadows and the dracula reboots and like you know lots of vampire stuff oh my
0: god i forgot about all the dracula reboots like multiple Dracula reboots
1: like a lot in the last couple years well you know the last like oh and then we got
0: like uh true blood
1: yeah right
0: and vampire diaries yeah but we also listen hear me out i don't really classify fucking vampires as like monster fucking because they just look like people with pointy teeth however fair yes we got teen wolf
1: that's true we did get teen wolf we also got shape of water and shape of water which isn't you know totally related, they're not wolves
0: but, it, but it's still monster fucking it, literally in the shape of the water
1: listen i saw that movie it was super super weird i was not into it but it was so popular
0: i did not get it, it took off um i watched it with my aunt and i left during the <laughs> sex scene and during the scene where the cat died yeah because uh, I was texting you and you told me when they were coming so I could just be like, coincidentally, for no reason, even though I've never seen this movie before, I'm going to go get a glass of water. Goodbye. And came back 10 minutes <laughs> later. Both times.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we got we got that. Okay. Listen, we got the Beauty and the Beast reboot, right?
0: That was quite a while later, though
1: yeah all right but do you remember that that kids and adults react video where the kid was like i like the old one better because the new oh one doesn't look dateable and oh the adult was like god. well
0: no 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 that wasn't what it was it was the kid was like i like the old one better because it it looks better the new one looks too creepy and the woman said yeah but uh, this one looks like someone you could date
1: yes that was it that was it. something
0: like that oh my god terrible. yeah terrible
1: but like listen
0: i'm listening pull up
1: any monster movie in the last 10 years and they're all just like a little bit hot you know like they don't have to be you don't have to do that but they do it i mean
0: oh my god now i gotta wait godzilla
1: (laughs) (laughs) nobody was trying to fuck godzilla like you know what i'm not gonna put it past somebody
0: yeah but like it wasn't a horny
1: movie is what I'm saying okay fair (laughs) and like I'm just
0: with absolutely no evidence whatsoever just my own experiences in mind I'm trying to determine if like do we have more monster fucking content now since Twilight or have we always had this much monster fucking content and Twilight just made us think about it
1: we're gonna have to issue a supplemental episode I did not do any research into this (laughs)
0: To be continued. Yep. What we did get, however, is once like they figured out, oh, people like movies uh, with women in them. This is shocking, <laughs> and no one could have ever predicted this information.
1: Who would have thunk
0: a movie with a woman that's not a rom-com? What? Oh my God! We started getting like the movies that we already had, but like now with women. So we got Oceans Eight. God, everyone took a big old dump on Ghostbusters. I fucking love that movie. It was great.
1: It's a good like, movie.
0: I rewatched the originals before I went to see it, and like, they're terrible. They suck. Like I right? thought, like I would be able to have like my m- nostalgia pull me through them, like the aged bits of them. But no, they're not good movies. Ghostbusters twenty sixteen was a good movie. And I will die on this fucking hill if I have to. (laughs) Ocean's 8 was also really fucking good. And I fucking love heist movies. Mm -hmm. Can we have more heist movies with women,
1: please? Yes.
0: Like, one of my favorite movies is Snatch. Like, I like heist movies.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I know we didn't get a bunch of women ensemble movies but did we get more movies with female leads
0: i mean we have birds of prey now uh, so that's like true it only took fucking marvel and the dceu like 10 years oh wait no dceu that's comics i forget what it's called for the dc movies but like we we got wonder woman but like i wouldn't say that was because of twilight though because it took so fucking long for us to get them and like God, I could talk for hours about what bullshit it is that the MCE the MCU had like a billion pachillion titles before we got Captain Marvel. And then when we got Captain Marvel, it was fifty percent military propaganda, and they erased the fact that all scrolls are NB.
1: Yeah. God,
0: I can't believe they gave scrolls gender. I'm so mad about that.
1: It is Marvel. yeah fuck marvel yeah
0: i say this as like someone who was a hardcore mcu stan like fuck marvel yeah anyways um and the dc whatever their movie franchise is called like their female-led movies are their most successful fair i like them the best they're honestly the only ones i've seen yeah i would be hesitant to accredit these movies to twilight but I would say, like, it contributed to the shift that got us working towards having more female-led movies. That's fair. I think that's that's reasonable. But here's the fucking thing. The Hunger Games movies, all the mo- the Twilight movies aside from the first one, and all the Divergent movies were still directed by men. What a scam. To bring us back to, like, the Vanity Fair article with Hardwick, she points out that, like... Yeah, sure, we're getting more female-led movies, but, like, it's still men making them. We're still not letting, uh, we're still giving these stories to men. So to read another quote from the article, she says, um, It's a problem that goes beyond YA fair, Hardwick pointed out. Hollywood has a tendency to hand projects written by and starring women over to male fil- filmmakers. There's lots of projects like that, she said, running through a laundry list of examples. It goes on and on. They're stories written by women, about women, and given to male directors over and over again. So
1: we have learned almost nothing.
0: Yeah, and they actually mention Wonder Woman in this article. Um, Hardwick is grateful, at least, that she's no longer one of the only female directors to launch a major blockbuster franchise. Sam Taylor Johnson, who directed The First Fifty Shades, and Patty Jenkins of Wonder Woman fame have picked up the torch. Patty kicked everyone's ass, Hardwick said, though Jenkins only got that chance after a long, fallow period. 14 years elapsed between her Academy Award-winning film Monster and the release of Wonder Woman. Hardwick is also still fielding attention from producers who seek her out at events and tell her about the exciting female-led projects they're working on. Often, though, when she asks if any female directors are on board, they'll balk. I've had producers say, we tried to have diversity. Yeah, you tried, and you hired a white male again. So how hard did you try? <laughs> Fucking let them have it, Catherine. Hey, producers,
1: there there are other people.
0: Well, yeah, like, they'll, they'll put diversity on the face, but it's still men, and especially white men, behind the scenes pulling all the strings every time. Yep. And I
1: don't know about you, but it's getting
0: kind of stale. Uh, yeah, like, and i think at the end of the day like it's we need more risks in film like it goes beyond just like sexism it's also like how many cookie cutter fucking superhero movies can we have
1: god i didn't even see like the last five marvel movies because i don't care anymore
0: oh my god right like i am i am so over it like i i still really love superhero movies but like the ones that well, i used to be a huge marvel fan like the superhero movies that stand out to me now are the ones that took risks like Mm -hmm. i didn't see suicide squad to be honest but like it was wildly successful because it wasn't a conventional movie it was unexpected um movies i have seen um birds of prey was really good and that was a female ensemble cast or like it was really a harley quinn movie they marketed it as an ensemble but like they we can get into that another time
1: mm.
0: you know what else was really good um shazam
1: i didn't see that one but
0: i mean it was a kid's movie but it was like I don't know i thought it was pretty solid
1: i heard good things
0: yeah but yeah let's just put away the cookie cutters let's
1: freehand that shit give
0: low budget movies a chance again yeah because <laughs> that's where we get things that are interesting a lot of the time, mm-hmm. which has also to do with Twilight, more to do with like the general film industry.
1: Yeah, but thank you, Twilight, for opening the door a little. And yes, on that vein, Sarah Klein, in a Forbes article, uh, it's called "The uh, Twilight Changing the Business and Culture of Contemporary Cinema," she says. In spite of its small budget, the Twilight series went down as one of the highest-grossing film franchises in history, with a total of $1.3 billion earned over the entire series. Twilight proved that by targeting females as a consuming audience, releasing the film at the right time in the thick of the post-feminist era, and depicting the right story of transformation from girl to woman, a movie could change the culture of the film and television industry, all while showing the ideologies of post-feminism in the coming age.
0: So that wraps up this episode of Breaking Twilight. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at twilight underscore pod and Tumblr at breaking twilight. You can also email us at breaking twilightpod at gmail.com. In our next episode, we'll be covering the science in Twilight. Maybe, unless we change our minds. I don't want to commit to anything. Who knows?
1: Listen, we're going to talk about the <laughs> silence because I have the science because I have a lot of opinions. I have been like itching for this episode for months i'm coming for you edward cullen holy shit
0: in these uncertain times in these times that are troubling
1: i'm going to be extra troubled by the fact that edward cullen can get a glass of water in 0.7 seconds so we're going to talk about
0: it see you in a couple weeks folks This beer tastes terrible.
1: Mm. <laughs> just like my jokes.
0: I keep talking about this beer and I really hope that like people don't think I'm just like here being drunk. Like I've drank, it's not even a tall can. It's like a regular size can and I have not drank even a quarter
1: of it. I'm just <laughs> like this. I'm just like this all the time.
0: We don't need any substance to That's make right. us fucking more are the
1: substance. Steve. Steve. Gwen. We're, we're, we're our own personal brand of heroin. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. (laughs) Christ.